It was about a month ago we were speaking with the new head of the Alberta Medical Association, Dr. Paul Parks. Uh, he'd just taken over. He hadn't been in the job long, and uh, he's dealing with, you know, a situation that we know has uh, been reaching, surpassing crisis levels now and again uh, in our province's hospitals for some time now. And Dr. Parks told us that two of Edmonton's four hospitals at that time were running at about 150% capacity. I think it's Grey Nuns. And uh, was it the Alec, the other one? I think so, Royal Alec. Um, I believe it was those two. And they simply couldn't take even one more patient at that time. I don't know what the current status is. I imagine it's gotten a little better, maybe a little worse. Not 100% sure. But, you know, we've heard that about healthcare in Alberta for months and months, perhaps even years now, and it just hasn't gotten better. So last night, just in the, you know, order of getting ready for this interview and, you know, out of interest, I, I went on to the AHS website that tells you how long the wait time is at respective emergency departments. So last night, this is eight o'clock. Uh, Peter Lougheed ER in Calgary was eight hours, 50 minutes. Let's call it nine hours. Okay. At the Lougheed. The U of A in Edmonton was eight hours even. Not good. Uh, there were some that were better, but all of them were multiple hours. Those two really stood out, though. The Lougheed, nine hours. U of A in Edmonton, eight hours. And it's not just the emergency rooms. Children's hospitals also seeing some major, major wait times as well. Uh, Brent Hanasek is a doctor at the Stollery Children's Hospital in Edmonton, and he joins us now to tell us what's going on there. Uh, Dr. Hanasek, thanks for being here. I appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Yeah, so Brent, you got in touch with me yesterday and said, hey, I just want to let you know what's going on because uh, it sounds to me, is that as bad as you've seen it in your career? What, what's going on in the hospital? Let's start there. What are you seeing on a daily basis inside the Stollery Children's Hospital in Edmonton? Yeah, so right now the Stollery is experiencing an unprecedented surge in the number of patients and the number of patients that are needing to be seen in the emergency department. Um, right now we're dealing with consistent 8 to 12 hour wait times, sometimes even longer than that, and 50 or more patients in the waiting room at any given time. I've been at the Stollery since uh, 2015, and I used to think that three to four hour wait times were unacceptable. So this is a huge change that we've seen in the last few weeks. So you're consistently, like right now, you're looking at 8 to 12. That's pretty much around the clock, and sometimes it goes longer than that. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. It's 24 hours a day. We're seeing that uh, very, very long wait times with um, an inability to clear patients out of the waiting room as well. Okay. I mean, I've been to the Stollery. Anybody who has kids in Edmonton has probably been to the Stollery before. I mean, obviously, it wasn't like that when I was taking my kids in, but I know the stress. I know the anxiety. What's it like? Are they just What's the waiting room like right now, Brent, where you've got kids waiting 8, 10, 12 hours and their families? It must be just exasperating. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I feel absolutely terrible for the families that we're seeing. Um, I can't imagine coming into the waiting room and within a crisis where you're expecting emergency medical care and being told you have to wait all day or night to be seen by somebody. Um, so this includes things like serious medical emergencies. I've seen patients with broken bones receiving oral pain medications in the emergency department and the waiting room because they can't be brought back or patients with asthma who are, aren't receiving proper monitoring because they're receiving puffers and other treatment in the waiting room. It's been really challenging, and I, I really feel for the patients when they come in. So it's having an effect on what you can do, the kind of care you can offer to patients. Like you say, you're helping them out in the waiting room as best you can, but you're, you're being forced to make some pretty difficult choices, I would think. Yeah, so what I'd say is that um, 
uh, overall, the healthcare system, I think, and the system overall, is, it's failing patients just because it's taking so long to be seen. But it shouldn't compromise the care that you receive from the individual healthcare provider that you're uh, dealing with. Right. So even though uh, we're dealing with all these external constraints, the doctor or, or nurse uh, um, patient relationship shouldn't be compromised. And we should still be providing the highest quality of care available despite that. So I don't think that it's necessarily affecting um, each individual that we see, but it is is a major systemic problem that we're seeing. Right, exactly. And and we all know, I mean, the nurses and doctors within the system, once you get to them, it, it, the care is second to none. There's no question. What's what's going on? Why is it so backed up? I know I've talked to Dr. Shazma Mathani before and, and other ER docs, and they say part of the problem is once people get into the ER and get admitted and we're treating them there and they need to go upstairs to another, we can't. There, there, there's nowhere to put them. We can't take them. Is that part of the problem that you're dealing with at the stall? too. Yeah, it's definitely a big part of the problem. Um, the inpatient wards where all of the patients that get admitted are full on a regular basis this time of year. Uh, so right now we've been dealing with about, you know, 15 to 23 admitted patients that are waiting in the emergency department at, at a time. You can imagine how much constraint that is when we really only have about 22 full-time pediatric beds. Uh, so when it's difficult to move patients upstairs, uh, they get backed up in emergency and make it harder for things to move. What what about patient numbers? Obviously, you're seeing more. I mean, we, we hear the stories about what's going on out there with, you know, uh, respiratory problems and all the rest of it. So are, are, you, are the numbers of patients way up to? Yeah, definitely. So um, I have actually a few numbers. Um, when the emergency department was renovated in 2012, we saw about 27,000 patients per year. Last year, we saw about 55,000 patients, and I would say things would be much higher even this year, especially with the surge that we're seeing. So when we're using the same resources, you know, um, human resources and uh, physical resources, it's going to eventually have a breaking point, and I feel like we're starting to feel that. Um, in addition to that, we're also seeing a really bad year this year of RSV, COVID, and influenza, which are the three major viruses that are affecting children and causing more people to need emergency services. That's what we. That, that's what it is. It, I mean, it, it's the season where kids get sick, but this year is particularly difficult. It feels like it. I don't have any specific yeah. numbers to back it up yet. I'm sure they will come out, but yeah, it, it feels like the viruses that we've been seeing this year have been really aggressive. So you made such a good point in terms of, listen, the doctors and nurses are still there for you, and we're going to do everything we can to get you the best care we can possibly provide. But what's the message? Like, stay out of the ER if you can, right? Like, do whatever you can to make sure that you don't need to rely on an emergency department. I mean, it's there if you need it, but if you can avoid it, that's probably your best bet, right? Yeah, I would say so. I think, honestly, if if you feel like you need emergency services, I want you to come to the emergency department. Don't hesitate to come in and see us. Um, you know, that being said, I think that uh, you should try to use the emergency resources as sparingly as you can and, and try to find other ways to see a doctor. I know that primary care has been really challenging in Alberta lately because there's less and less access to family doctors and community pediatricians. But if you can access your own doctor for things, that's always a better option, especially when the wait times are so long. Brent, yeah. we we know that there's all kind of talk about what the government's going to be doing around AHS and restructuring and reforming and breaking this into that and all the rest of it. And we also know that talking to frontline staff, doctors, nurses, is part of the plan. They want to hear from people like you as to how we fix this. I mean, how do we fix it? I mean, it, It's a big question, and no one's been able to answer it right across the country for a long time. Where do we start? How do we make this better? 
Yeah, so I, th- I think the, the issues that we're seeing right now, there are no quick fixes for it. Um, I would say that if we wanted to have these problems fixed, we probably a decade ago should have increased medical school and nursing enrollment yeah. and built hospitals and care spaces. That being said, you know, yesterday was the best time to fix the problem, but today is the second best time. So from a personal standpoint, I would really like the government to push forward on a standalone children's hospital, as we've been hearing, um, and do everything that we can to try to increase spaces and help human resources. Yeah, I mean, we, that talk's always been, we, we, more space is, is the bottom line, right? We, and we know Edmonton is like we talked earlier, 150% at the Alec and at the Nuns. Um, we just need more space. We need more beds. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. Which comes with more staff. Um, Brent, Dr. Hadatik, thanks so much for being here. I, I love the uh, behind the scenes view of what's going on. It's so valuable. Thanks so much for your time.